0: Good morning, and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA. Here to present you with <clears throat> me—here to present you with all kinds of stuff. As soon as I get myself together, <laughs> seeds of wisdom, insight, inspiration, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And it is our goal, it is our responsibility, our obligation, it is our every every opportunity we get, we afforded this opportunity to uh, help you, our listeners, know, be aware, and impact the world around you. Knowing, being doing and impacting the world around you. That's what we're here for. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do so first and primary way if you want to get your thoughts insights uh opinions on the air yeah you can do that by calling the live number three four seven two three seven five two three zero uh we have the, had a little problem with the chat line but i think the chat room is open so you can go to blog talk radio and get in on the chat room and share your thoughts there of course always send me an email pastor lorenzo neal at three, gmail.com Hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, the Zero Network on Facebook page. Like that page for us. We appreciate that uh, for you liking that page and subscribing to our show on blogtalkradio.com dot com slash Zero Today. As uh all the ways, and I'm a bit sluggish today. You have to forgive me. Um, I haven't been feeling as as well as I should have been, and so I'm kind of medicated. And I'm going to do my best with the show today, but if y'all pray with me, I think I'll make it through. Because uh, I, I, this topic that I really want to talk about today, is a, it's an interesting thing that I've recently uh, began to study and research. And uh, I think it will provide a lot of insight to us church folk, uh, particularly when it comes to our cognitive uh, worship. And I don't think we are fully aware as we should be or could be as Christians, I, 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 you know, I think we just cheat ourselves in so many ways, and it's a dangerous thing to do, but uh, we're going to talk about that, and um, uh, the topic, um, the experiencing self and the remembering self, and it's a it's a deep thing, and I hope, you know, we can dissect this over the um, tenure of this broadcast, so, Let's say a word of prayer if you don't mind. God, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for life today. We thank you for love today. Uh we ask, oh God, that you will let words words by mouth and meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Our rock and our redeemer. We just bless you for the day. Amen. Um, you know, it's not a lot of church news. I I hope every all of my listenings uh, listeners who are mothers, I hope that you had a wonderful, wonderful Mother's Day. Um I I I always enjoy uh, Mother's Day for some. I, well, let me put it this way, it's twofold for me. Uh, part of it, part of it is you know my mother has been, been deceased for some time, but I always get joy watching um, you know others enjoy their mothers. It, it's it's still blessings. It, you know it's a little hard on me, but thank God I manage, and not only myself but others. Uh, but this Sunday in my sermon, in light of all the things that's happened, particularly with the uh, kidnapping of the young, the girls, the schoolgirls in, in uh, Nigeria, I intentionally incorporated that into my sermon. I intentionally incorporated the ills of uh, some type, uh, that some people experience. Uh, you know, there are a lot of mothers who had miscarriages before they had their first child. There are a lot of mothers who had abortions. And before they had their first child. Uh, there are a lot of mothers who uh, were abused and or raped. And, uh, you know, they had children and they never fully recovered and they weren't able to, uh, in the earlier years of the childhood, you know, their, their children's lives, they weren't able to be uh, effective parents, you know, because they were struggling. And so I, I made sure I addressed that. And I think that I, don't, I know a lot of preachers, Don't do it. You know, we skate around the issues. And I'm tired of just skating around the issues. we're going to address the ills of our community. We need to be direct and not hide behind uh, the sacredness of Scripture. You know, when I say sacredness of Scripture, I mean, don't try to preach folk happy and you leave them in a mess, the same mess they came in. But they shout. And they feel good. But then, once that wears off, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. But um, so it is what it is. But I I, ch- I chose to take that approach, and it was well received. You know, I use the scripture, I, and a lot of people forget about the scripture. You know, the, there's the in First uh, Kings chapter three. That's the story of Solomon. You know, he asked, um, uh, he's just been a, a king, uh, born king, um, and so um, he has this opportunity to interact with God via a dream, and he asked God. You know, God said, well, what do you want? He said, "All oh, I want is wisdom. And one of the first actions he gets after getting, he has to do after getting the wisdom he got from God was um, judge a, a situation between two women, two harlots. <laughs> Both of them had children. And um, one mother suffocated her child and tried to, tried to steal the other one you know, and try to do a swap. And I use that text, uh, to convey and I, I I use that text to convey some of the concerns and the ears of but a lot of people have forgotten that text was in there. You know. <laughs> it's just interesting. Every time I you know, I, I love pe- preaching from some of the more difficult texts in the Bible because it forces it forces us to really really think. To really um Get beyond the, the 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 normal type of preaching that's going that has become state you know a staple in in the black church and I'm not talking about well it, it, across uh, uh, Western Christianity you know and it forces us to really as a preacher like if you follow the lectionary it forces you to really really you know stick to a text that may be difficult for one the audience and two definitely may be difficult for you, uh, the preacher. But I I enjoy it because it's shy. I enjoy the challenge. And um, you'd be surprised how many people were just unaware of that particular passage of Scripture. And there are a lot of them in there. There are a lot of stories, narratives in the Scriptures, in, in the Bible, both the canon that we have uh, at the Protestant church, the canon that's in the uh Catholic Church uh, with the Apocrypha and the Canons in the Ethiopian Church, uh, Catholic Church, and that's that's a whole different thing, you know. I, I was sharing, and I know I'm getting off the subject, but I got plenty of time. Now, so I'm gonna ramble just a little bit. But I was sharing with a friend, and we were having a discussion about, you know, if there's a closed canon scripture or it's still open canon, and why there's different uh, uh, books numerically in various. Uh, branches of Christianity, you know, in in the Coptic Church, there are 81 books in the Bible. In the Protestant Church, I think there are like 70 something. I mean, in, in the Catholic Church, it was like 70, 70, 76, 74, 70 give, something, give or take. And in the Protestant Church, we have 66, and you swear that those are all. That's it. But it's just funny when you share things like that, because that preacher didn't even know that. And I was like, dude, you're a preacher. You're supposed to know all of this. But anyway, I digress. I just wanted to share it. It was an interesting weekend, and I know I'll wrap up a little bit about that, but I just thought it was uh, something fun to share with you about this uh, the, the text that I used and whatnot. But anyway, there's a lot going on. and Not a lot going on in church news. Maybe I, I haven't you know, I've been out the loop. I've been preaching and doing revival, so I've been out the loop and I may miss some stuff, but but um not a lot not not a lot going on. But I, I do want to address this one thing, uh it's been interesting to me. Uh of course, uh I'm talk I'm about to talk about this uh this n- new NFL draftee, um uh Michael Sams, who was drafted in the seventh round of the NFL draft, number two hundred two hundred and forty ninth pick, uh, to the St. Louis Rams. Now if you're not familiar with Michael Sams, Michael Sams was a standout player and a defensive player for uh the University of Missouri Columbia, which is part of the most dominant football uh, conference, which is the SEC, you know, that's the Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, and uh, all those. You know, it's the dominant athletic conference in all the college uh, athletics. And so he, he he won Co-Defensive Player of the Year or something like that. And he, you know, he's an outstanding player on the college level, and it was it was just everyone knew he was getting he was going to be drafted until he made this coming out he decided to go public with his sexuality he made a press conference announcing that he was homosexual or is a homosexual or gay i don't know what to call them now because they you know they're changing <laughs> uh, they don't want to be called gay anymore they i mean they don't want to be called homosexual anymore because that's discriminated they don't some don't like being called gay but i don't know whatever they call him, he is now and so uh I, you know it appeared at the time there was it was a uh, it was a smart move on his on his part because now he would be the first openly gay uh professional football player in the NFL and um when he got drafted on last Thursday when well he wasn't drafted but when he got drafted he when he received the news of him being drafted uh, in the seventh round to uh, the St. Louis Rams, again, there was a uh, you know news conference, and this guy, who was going to be the first openly professional uh, football player in the NFL, and his male lover, uh, he shared, they shared a kiss in front of the reporters on ESPN, and it went crazy. It went viral, and it has, you know, it just turned the the, the athletic world kind of upside down because they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to handle it. Um, what does that mean for black men now? What does that mean that, you know, because, again, uh, uh, what, I say three-quarters of all the athletes professionally in our uh, in our two major sports, uh, which are basketball and football here in America are african american there's a great big percentage of that and the question is where will he fit and the other question was how did his kiss uh how would it be affected his uh his upcoming season you know what players gonna be trying to hurt him i I'm, I don't know but my 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 amusement has come from the church world. The church the black church is just they are we I say we are just in limbo because here we have a dilemma. What how do we address this? How do we address it to our young black boys? Because uh football in particular has always been presented as a the most masculine of all activities, of all sports you prove you are a man by playing football cuz it was a tough rough sport you know and now how you know the, it have to uh, you know it have to uh, address how are we going to deal uh, present this now how we how do we incorporate this uh new this new um side of football into uh the psyche uh or the the um the way we 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 integrate into our because football is an integral part of the the community uh for both black boys you know there you don't even have churches that sponsor you know little pee wee league teams the question is how do we put that you know in perspective what do we do how how do we address it cuz now you have uh two professional organizations, you know, the last one with the NBA, uh, Jason Collins coming out, and now you have uh, Sam coming out, and you have these two professional organizations promoting this, and now, how, where are we as a church, how are we going to it? it's just been funny, because I've been reading some tweets, posts, and uh, Facebook posts and whatnot, and commentaries. From um, some pastors who are progressive, and they're saying, "Well, this is a good thing for black, you know, because now they get to see that all black folk aren't this way." Or it's a good thing for young men who may be struggling with gender identity issues, you know. And yeah, there may be a point to that. But again, it's going to be interesting how we how we integrate, how we uh, how we How we confront this. Uh, That's just me. I don't know. What do I know, you know? (laughs) But uh, again, you know, you want to congratulate him for for what he's doing. But you want to be on guard to see how is this going to really affect, really, really affect these young boys who are aspiring to a professional career in athletics, you know? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it happens. I'm gonna take a quick break, and when I come back from the break, we're gonna get into the topic today: the remembering and the experiencing self, and how it relates to your church experience, your worship experience. You know, because did you realize how much these really affect how you worship? Well, we'll talk about that more. Than that. You're listening to Zera Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Dad, listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up oh, the shared Dad. data plan fairly, so uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Mm-hmm. Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. Friends, there's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock... The newest candle fragrance by Hecentric is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by HeCentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappoint it when you order your candle today from HeCentric. I have one at home and in my office and I tell you it's so good. It helps me relax at home and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book The Encounter, I'm telling you you will love both. Peacock by bi- HeCentric. Reflecting the glory in everyday life. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flowbot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flowbot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh, FlowBot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call it click today. You know, I have been the victim of identity theft on more than one occasion, and I can tell you it's horrible. It is the worst experience any person could have. And it's, it's not easy cleaning up the mess afterwards. So I decided recently to be proactive regarding my identity my credit and all this so I began to look up into look into a uh, lifelock lifelock is a wonderful service that provides safe and secure identity protection for you now it's more than just protecting your identity and your credit it does full monitoring scans all things in all attempts at uh, your Uh, any attempt to try to take your identity and not only that but it's fast in its response to any threat to your identity and it's safe and secure and guess what? They offer a $1 million guarantee if you are the victim of identity theft while you are a member of LifeLock. Now that's a deal you can't beat and here's the other thing I love about LifeLock. The deal is that it's very free. Not free, but, you know, <laughs> it's reasonably priced. You can start uh, a package at $10 a month, and that will guarantee your security. That would guarantee your sanity. That would guarantee assurance that you know that your identity, your bank account, your credit card account, your encryptions, all that stuff is, pre- is protected. So look into it right now. LifeLock. Go to their website, of course, www.LifeLock.com, or visit their, you know, check out their price, check out the five-point system that they have. And I guarantee, the moment you sign up and you start feeling that security, you will never want to go back again. That's LifeLock.com. Check them out today. All right, welcome back to Zero today, and again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Uh, listen, we are live on the air. The chat room is open. Uh, if you want to get your comments and insights on about this topic, now it, it's a different topic, but I think it's a topic that needs to be addressed. And and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, well, let me put it this way: if we were to be honest with ourselves as church folk we base our spiritual episodes on previous ones, memories of previous ones. In other words, we, we go to church expecting a service to be like another one we had experienced prior to, previously. You, you may, not, may not, it's not always uh, uh, cognitively. We're not fully aware of it, but there are moments in our, in our worship experience that we flashback to you know we have moments of deja vu Ooh, seems like we've been this before and then there's those moments uh it there's those moments where we just can't figure out what in the world is going on why you know we have if you have for example you go to the same church every sunday and i, I let me tell you i i was growing up and uh we had a deacon in the church and the deacon prayed the same prayer the same almost verbatim every single time he prayed so much so that the kids we learned the prayer <laughs> and we began to you know we knew what he's going to pray every time he prayed it and we would you know we would we knew when he was going to tune up and we would follow along with him and we'd just be in the choir just just a giggling because we knew what this preacher was what this deacon was going to pray and, and it was it was funny and when he passed away it was kind of it was, it was like wow now who's going to pray that 'Cause the other deacons didn't pray like him. But, you know, we you know, we had that expectation. We knew when he got into the chair and knelt down, uh, he's gonna pray the same way. We 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 don't like to admit it, but you know, we get bored as Christians. You may not admit it. I get bored as a pastor. Uh I'm sometimes in services wondering like, last week we did this. You know, last Sunday was wonderful, and here it is today, and it's the same folk. There's a whole different type of experience, (laughs) almost, you know, and so these episodes cause us, these these memories cause us to uh, have a a greater sensual experience or a lesser sensual experience. When I say sensual, I'm not talking about in the um, uh, erotic way is just in the way of interaction, you know, how we feel during the service, how we, how aware we are in the service, you know, how, how high we believe the spirit is. (laughs) Those things like that. And it is becoming more prominent in the black church. Now, in the black Pentecostal church, it was like that. It's been like that for, you know, at least a century. Uh, where they had to have, you know, they didn't feel that they had church unless somebody shouted, unless somebody spoke in tongues, and you know, and the the children who grew up in that, and from, from my from my interactions with some of them who grew up in that type of church atmosphere, um, when they left that tradi- left that particular way, and so for example, you know, uh, I use uh, um. A friend of mine who was a coaching she was church of god in christ and was united joined the ame church and you know in the church of god in christ it was always high the, you know the, as far as the sensual environment the sensual experience within the church uh collectively you know everybody there was a collective sunday after sunday there was always shouting you know there were no down moments Whereas when she came into the Amy church, there were more down moments than <laughs> shouting moments. And uh, it was rather frustrating for her, particularly after she began to pastor, uh, because she couldn't understand why y'all ain't shouting. You know, she was trying to fluff the crowd up, but had not realized that the people were not used to that. I, you know, that was not their expectation regarding worship. Their expectation regarding worship was we we have this ritual, we go through this ritual, and you preach, and we done. <laughs> and there are some churches like that. You know. But but if we were to be honest with ourselves, we do not fully engage ourselves during a worship experience. What do I mean by that? I what what I mean by that is that we lose uh, a corporate sense of worship for individual sense. And the individual sense of worship is really deceptive because it's based on uh, an, a a memory, and so the memory may be good one. The memory may not be a good one. So if it's not a good one, we you know we like well we didn't have church today. Yeah, you know y'all know how it is. Black folk like to use oh man we had church today. We had some church. Ah yeah, yeah. But when you ask them, what do you mean by you had church? What, what does that entail? What, what does that mean? You know, you had church. Do you not attend church? So what is having church? What's the difference between having church and attending church? Well, their comeback would be, well, having church mean people shouted, the preacher preached, the choir sang, and, you know, everybody was uplifted in, in their sensual uh, engagement of the worship experience. Or they had dead church where it appears that no one was engaged in the sensual experience, uh, sensual uh, part of the re- worship experience. In other words, you know, so if it's quiet, if it's, if it's quiet, it's dead. If it's loud and, you know, volatile, it's church, it's, you know, you want to think. So I decided to explore this. I decided to look into this, and, and um, I happened upon both biblical accounts where where we see this in in and then this one I'm going to try to draw from, and I came across uh, some research, a, a book in particular, in uh, with Dr. Daniel Kahneman. I think that's how you say his name, Kahneman, and he's a renowned, uh, Nobel laureate, who who has, uh, you know, done wonderful things investigating uh, what we would consider areas of psychology, behavior, cognitive uh, apprehension and stuff, uh, you know, things of that nature. And his latest book, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, I purchased a copy of that, and he expounds a little bit more on memory and the effect of memory in regards to how happy we are, you know, determining happiness because uh, we are actually a differentiated person. You know, we have the two selves. In so many words, so we have the experiencing self and the remembering self. The experiencing self is the, uh, you know, what they call it, the real time person. The real time person. That's what we. That's what we are now. I am experiencing. It. My experiencing self right now as I am doing the show. However, while I am in my experiencing self, um, I may be, be, I may be uh, influenced by my remembering self because, for example, uh, if I, if this show doesn't feel good right now as I'm doing it, it may be because I did, you know, I'm drawing from either a bad memory. Or a I'm, I have not reconnected with a pleasant memory, which is making the show more difficult to do you, you understand what I'm saying so in essence, he said you know we have the characters of these stories with the, in our narrative as we experience have a worship experience is ourselves and 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 we I would like to say god but but it's mostly ourselves. You know a duality, and I I use Paul, and I, I I found this a lot in the personal narratives of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Now, there are, if you read carefully, some of his uh, letters, particularly the First Corinthians, the, the Corinthian letters, you find that he he he's a little open about himself. Uh, regarding some of the things that he believes to be happening. And the question was, the question I got was, I asked was, well, what made him infer this? You know, because there are occasions where he said, this is not from the Lord, this is not a commandment, this is me. And yet we have made what he said as a personal uh, reflection into doctrine. and. but that's a whole different that's a whole different thing. I, I don't even have time to get into that. But that's uh It was just interesting what I what I no, what I observed just from reading, uh, some of the literature and some of the personal narratives of Paul. Uh, in Philippians one, Philippians discourse where he talks about himself as having been the Hebrew of Hebrews, and, and then um, having you know gave all that up for the prize, and then. And particularly in 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 10, or 10, 11, and 12 at least, he actually defends, you know, he goes on the defensive, explaining, you know, you know, uh, both his, his, himself as an authority figure regarding the leadership of the church and as an apostle uh, because people trying to discredit him. But... In, in and in reading these narratives, Paul personal narratives, not what he, not the ones that he he was addressing someone else, but the ones where he was addressing himself, I, I found particularly the biggest one that I found was in Romans account in seven Romans chapter seven, where he's talking about himself and his struggles and this struggle, the duality that he was experiencing of. You know, he really wanted to do the right thing, but he found himself not doing the right thing, you know, uh, and we've used that as a cop-out. Some people have used that as a cop-out, but I found that interesting and relatable because as far as most Christians, particularly in the black church, I can't speak for, you know, I know I if some of you are offended by me using the black church, I'm only speaking from a cultural contextual perspective, okay, the cultural contextual contextual perspective is that the black church is much more livelier and engaged sensually than uh other ethnic groups and you just go you know some of some of our bright white brothers and sisters are in, trying to embrace a little bit of the more <laughs> sensual side of it but we've always been sensual with, with our expression even as slaves you know the slaves moan you know, and so now we incorporate that into our worship. So you know, sometimes I got a moan because they say when you moan, the devil don't know what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> the devil is a spirit; he doesn't have to hear <laughs> expressed language audibly. <laughs> I've always loved that but that's just you know. Okay, I digress. I'm, let me get back on a minute. But we've always been that sensual, experiencing uh, type of church. Uh, and because of that, we have, we are more, we are more, the, the, we are more the experiencing, and uh, this this really is able to apply to us between the experiencing and the remembering self, because we engage the remembering self more frequently than the experiencing self, and in the, in that in that particular sense it causes us to determine whether a church service was good or not good whether it was live or whether it was dead whether the preacher you know preached for for me you know if the word convicted me or it didn't apply to me at all you understand what i'm saying and it is that kind of uh disconnect that cognitive dissonance that has greatly affected our worship experience and even more so our real connection with the divine because we go to church hoping to relive a previous experience so we want to go to church on Sunday to shout because we shouted the previous service uh the previous Sunday and we want to go to church to hear a quote unquote good word because we heard a quote unquote good word before but that is based mostly on the memory and not the experiencing self because the experiencing self may not be feeling well and because they are not feeling well when they go to worship service they are not as engaged in the worship experience and therefore as a result of them not being fully engaged in the worship experience, they would not have considered themselves to have really had church. In other words, they, they may feel like, okay, I, I don't feel good today, and I'm not really expecting, So in, in some instances, I'm not really expecting to have a good church service. But then there are those who will go, well, I'm not feeling good, so I'm going to go to church believing God will heal me. And yet, when it doesn't happen, uh, they're relegating uh, that and saying, oh, well, you know, I didn't get what I want because of whatever, for whatever reason. But, uh, and the black church in particular, that's, that's usually the approach. And it is by far a very disruptive approach to worship. Because you don't connect with the divine, you connect with the experience and the memory. You're more connected to the memory than to the divine, and you equate the divine with the memory. And you believe that the greater the experience, not the present experience, but the past, the past experience that created a memory, is which is subjective, by the way, but that is what you are now relegating the future experience to. I give you an example. There's a guy who, uh, and Dr. Coleman talks about this in one of his presentations to uh, on TED Talks, and he he put it this way: uh, there was a man who was, had gone to hear a symphony orchestra, and while he was there, he said he was enjoying himself, and really engaged in the experience of hearing the the, the music and you know the performance. But then towards the end he you know, something kinda of rattled his feathers. And that disruption caused him to come away from the entire experience disappointed. So, when asked how was the symphony, he said it was okay, but this whereas he was he was recounting he was recounting the entire experience based on one small event of distraction. And therefore, because of the one small event of distraction that was at the forefront of his memory regarding the experience, that dictated how he now saw and uh, how he now recounted the experience. So the experience was fulfilling while he was enjoying it. While he was listening to it, it was really fulfilling. But because of the distraction that became the central point of his new experience. So every point thereon was now in a negative. And if you pay attention to church folk, that's exactly how we do. We 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 do that in more ways than we care to admit. We do it when for example, if if uh, a a preacher, um for example, if you got a hooper, a preacher that can tune (laughs) up And they do this every time they preach. But then, one Sunday, he decides, well, I'm not going to hoop, or he can't hoop, or he can't tune up. And, you know, he try, he may attempt to do so, but cannot follow through with it. You understand what I'm saying? The listener, therefore, becomes disengaged. And although they may have been enjoying, quote, unquote, the word up until that moment, That moment where he, you know, the attempt fails or whatever, you know, the hoop isn't there or whatever, you know, it doesn't happen as they expect. Then that moment then becomes the central part of their experience. That memory then replaces the fulfilling aspect of it. So where they were believing they were enjoying the word and getting the word and, you know, all of that because of what he, the the preacher did. When the preacher does not do that or they feel that the preacher did not do that, then they feel that they no longer got the word so a pastor who is a teacher you know no a pastor who is a hooper become you know he decides he wants to teach, and the crowd there's no direct <laughs> there is no direct reaction from the choir from the crowd, and so the preacher believes that he has not he has failed in his delivery because there are no, quote, unquote, amens. And, you know, here's how we do it in, in as preachers. This is how we do it. Uh, you know, we're like, we use these phrases to catch the attention if we think we're bombing. We'll say something like, amen, likes Or, I wish I had some help up in here. <laughs> or, I feel my help coming. Uh, as a means to uh, reconnect the audience or reconnect ourselves with the audience. But if we do not get that back, then we, you know, our experience of preaching will be centered on that experience and therefore we'll, we'll feel like we bombed. And then there's those who just bombed outright because they, there's no preparation or anything like that or there is no connection to the spirit. But that's a whole different thing. Look, I'm going to come a little break then we'll come back right after this uh, and we'll follow up and close out on this be right back to make each month. That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through incomeathome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen who need to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday and with four teenagers at home we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six your income and I'm paying cash for college for four kids we found our way out of rat race listen this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends this is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24 7 income at is affiliated with a multi billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating so how much money do you need to earn each month from home Visit IncomeatHome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's It's a a community. community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development with world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University. Changing lives, one student at a time. You've heard the saying, clothes make the man. Used to be that way with suits. Wear one and you'd start to think like one. Wall Street before Main Street. Profit before people. Well, that's changing. I mean, look around. You see a lot more guys wearing the suits. They're not thinking like suits. What it comes down to is this. Today, you don't have to be one to wear one. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. It was the best day. It was the best day. a great pair, a great pair. Huh? Progressive and the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right, totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. It was just gigantic It was humongous Enormous, huge build That's actually when we switched to Vonage The service is great I don't see any difference with the call quality well, I can just pick up the phone call As it. many family members as I want Ugh! Why did I not do this earlier? I'm Laura Pruden And this was my last bill Before I switched to Vonage Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month With unlimited domestic and international calls Go to Vonage.com or call now Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, we're glad that you joined us, and we're glad and excited, and we've been talking this this morning on experiencing self and remembering self in the black church, uh, the dissonance that we experience in and uh, the church that we're not fully aware of, but we do it, sometimes very uh, unintentionally, and the dire results that often uh, come from that, because in the black church, because it is usually sensual in this experience. In other words, we are engaged fully, you know, with our senses. How what we hear connects to how we feel, connects to what we do, connects to how we interact with both the others, those around us, and with the pastor, preacher, and in in some ways with the divine. Most times we never get to the to the, the divine part. We it's limited based on. Our sensual experience with the you know the immediate ones in the environment, so that includes ourselves first, those around us secondly, and the one proclaiming the or the preaching in, in particular in the back church. you know those are the particular things that we are uh, that we incorporate to ourself in the experiencing and the remembering self that cause us to determine whether we're having a good or a bad church experience. So going back to uh, right before I said before the break, uh, in most cases, if uh, we we never fully are aware of the experiencing self, the experiencing self is the one that is in real time. That's what we are doing at that present moment. But that what we are at that present moment can be, uh, can grow into something, can become something that is, it will be remembered differently at a later point if something should happen that causes us to have a negative uh, affiliation with that experience. For And I use the example of, you know, you being in church, going, you might be feeling well, may not be feeling well, you know, may not be feeling well, and then you go to church with expectation, one of the two expectations, being healed or just trying to engage. And determining on how... What happens in that context of the worship experience will determine whether you, you know, receive what you wanted out of the service or not. And we do that quite frequently. And I found that, you know, I was using Paul's da- narratives, and I didn't go into detail. I didn't have enough time to really go into detail, but I'm going to write about that. Um, and the other, the, other, the other one that I was thinking about that really uh, got my attention was, uh, it's the narrative in Jonah if you read the Jonah account, you, you'll find particularly at the end, that um that he had this somewhat out of body no, not not out of body, that's bad he had this uh this the way he experienced when God did what he said he was going to do for the Philippian for the uh for the 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 group of people that he was called to. Oh, well when Jonah realized that God did it, he got mad. He wanted to die. The memory of him, and he, he expressed it to God, he said, didn't I tell you before I left, this is what's going to happen? I knew you were going to do this from the beginning, so I don't even know why you bothered me to go and tell them to repent, because I already knew that you were going to spare them. You weren't going to destroy them. And that negative, that negative uh, experience caused him to basically want to die it was it was so traumatic to him and in the response to seeing what god had done it was traumatic (laughs) enough for him that he was willing to die then see that happen and that's how it is in mostly that's that's how it is uh when we relegate it to our church experiences um we oftentimes just forget the real experience that we had because we we uh paced on another experience that was not as fulfilling and because of that you know we we let it go i'm gonna take a quick break uh and then we'll be right back. nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Hecentric is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Hecentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders That's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappoint it when you order your candle today from HeCentric. I have one at home and in my office. And I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home. And it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, And while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter. I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by HeCentric. Reflecting the glory in everyday life. Okay, so I had to, I want to apologize. I had a quick, had to take that quick break because uh, I had an interruption. But uh, these last few minutes, I because I, 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 I've actually run out of time, and I I'm gonna have to come back and revisit it because again, I didn't fully uh dissect it as I wanted to. There's so much there. And if you if you want to read up on what I'm talking about to get an idea uh of what I'm trying to convey, um, uh simply there's several ways you can do that, of course. Uh I I recommend uh uh Googling uh Doctor uh Coleman uh Daniel Coleman uh name uh, his name Daniel D A N I E L K A H N E M A N E. M-A-N, I'm sorry. K-H-E-M-A-N. And you'll find, particularly, you'll find uh, one of the talks he did with TED Talks, you'll find about his book, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, which is uh, one of the resources I'm drawing from in this uh, for this topic. Uh, but if, again, and I go back to the first premise and my first argument, if we were honest with ourselves, uh as as church folk if we're honest with ourselves we do a great deal a great deal of our spiritual episodes are just simply based on memories either they're good memories uh from the experiencing experiencing self that we allow to continue and we bring that memory back hopefully as a future uh as a future experience you know that's where we want to connect and make those relatable and we try to continue in that particular pattern so that every church experience, every worship service will have a similar effect on us, the sensual side of us. And and then, you know, but oftentimes if there's a slight uh, slight distraction or something that takes away from that, we could be having a, a good moment, but the if smallest thing uh, makes that moment bad, then... The memory associated with that moment is replaced by the bad, uh, that one bad thing, over you know, makes up that the good thing. <laughs> I got tongue tied. That's what happens when you get off track. But um, we'll 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 explore this a little bit more, and hopefully I'll be a little more prepared uh, when we do that. And but anyway, you, you can follow up on this, and if you want to listen to any other broadcast, simply log on to the website. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, and you can catch any archive shows all the way back. Uh, we've been doing it four years now. matter of fact, I'm, I'm happy. Next month makes four years. Also, you can catch pod, podcast. You can download it on iTunes. You can get a free podcast. Or simply go to the, my website, com and you can find it all that. And I'll try to have a, a an article about this, hopefully with a little more clarity on it um up soon. Uh but either way, visit the show, subscribe to the show, go to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page. We're glad that you're listening. And as always we'll try to be back here again next next week, the Lord willing. The Lord willing no Creek Dove Prize or however they say it now. <laughs> but uh we'll be back and we're gonna go ahead and go out. But uh again, uh hope all you mother had a wonderful day. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. Till then it's Pastor Little I'm out.